Hello, hello, and welcome back to the All Good Juju podcast. Today is such a fun interview with feminine empowerment coach Amber Rose. We are going to be chatting all about sex magic. That's right. She is here to share with us her story and share how to release shame around the female orgasm, heal sexual trauma, and unleash your inner pleasure goddess. I gotta say, this episode might not be appropriate for small ears, so you might want to put those earbuds in, mama, but I can promise you if you listen, you will absorb all of the juiciness this episode has to offer. I am very happy to welcome Amber to chat with us today. This is going to be a highly entertaining, informative, and very potent interview. So let's dive in. Hi, Amber. Thank you so much for coming on today. I'm just going to be real. I We just were into it for like 10 minutes, and I didn't record. Um, so luckily, is a fellow mama, and she understands like why I'm like this. My baby's teeth. No one is sleeping. So, oh, man. gosh. She is incredible. I'm really fired up for this episode. And so many of you are fired up for this episode. I cannot tell you ever how many DMs I have wow. had before, like before this was even a thing, mm-hmm. requesting that this be a thing. They're like, wow. please talk about sex. Please talk wow. about sexual trauma. Please talk mm-hmm. about the female orgasm and shame and why can't I orgasm and all of these things. It's just, there's a lot to be uncovered. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for coming mm-hmm. on today. You have such mm-hmm. an incredible story. Mm-hmm. And like I said, before we were recording, <laughs> you have it on your Instagram highlights and mm-hmm. it's so inspiring. So I, I feel like it needs to be a book. It's just so good. So mm-hmm. if you, you wouldn't mind starting over for yeah. everyone now that we are finally recording and everybody can hear this. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, first of all, I just want to say I get the mom stuff. (laughs) And I just want to say that like us mamas need to stick together for real. Um, but yeah, so yeah, a little bit about me. Um, I, yeah, and I'm just going to go right into it, but I have sexual abuse in my childhood with my older brother and I have a lot of daddy issues. He was my dad, bless his heart. He was, he's a very traumatized, he has a whole story that's like, way crazier than mine. He was a, he's a POW in Vietnam. He was a sniper for the CIA and he, um, is just a very traumatized human, yeah. poor guy. And because of that, he didn't, I mean, he didn't have it back. I don't, I mean, back then, like we were not awake, like we are now, no one really like mm-hmm. went to therapy or like did anything for that. And so he was just so shut down and was not available emotionally or physically and mm-hmm. worked at the Pentagon my whole life, my whole childhood. So he was gone. I mean, it was like a, he was gone 14 hours of the day during his work days. And um, so I have a lot of, yeah, I have a lot of daddy stuff. And, and those two things really imprinted the rest of my life. I mean, with men and being a woman and sexuality and mm-hmm. addiction, I'm, I'm in recovery. I've, I started using drugs and alcohol when I was about 13 or 14 
And I had a minor stint in sobriety in high school when I was 16. And then I went back out, but I got sober at 20 and I've been sober since then, which is about nine and a half years. And that really was the beginning of my spiritual awakening, if you will. I, 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 I got sober in AA and, and AA led me to God, which is the God of my understanding, which is one thing I love about AA is that it's not about what you can literally believe in whatever the fuck you want to believe in. As long as you believe in something out there in the, in the universe or whatever that mm. can help you, you know, I'm getting and, chills. This is <laughs> so powerful. Yes. Yes. It's, and, and I mean, my sponsor, she was so such a spiritual guide for me. Like she literally was like, Amber, like you can believe in whatever you want to believe in, which was not what I was raised with. I was raised Christian and I was atheist. I became atheist for a while in my my early teens. And, and so I, I, I mean, I really found God, I found God and I, and I became a healer. I went through massage school and early recovery and I healed on a whole other somatic level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, I mean, long story short, I had a, a lot of um, training in the addiction and trauma world. I healed from a lot of my own trauma and I, and I did the work, you know, I think that that's, that's really where it begins is when I do the work with myself. And then I had a baby. Oh boy. Yeah. That's a whole other, <laughs> whole other spiritual awakening. It really is. It really is. I know. I mean, even, you know, my, my husband and I, like he bless his heart. I mean, we've, gosh, that's a whole nother can of worms, but oh, yeah. we, we've been, we met um, right when I moved up here to Asheville, which is where I'm at now. And and um, he, he and I have been through the trenches, but when we had our daughter, I'm just going to put it all out there. Yeah. We, we didn't really have much of a solid footing before we had a kid. She's a little over a year and a half now, but we, as soon as I got pregnant, we stopped having sex and we didn't have sex successfully for probably about two years after, and even after she was born. Mm-hmm. And um and when I, when, when I delivered her, I, t- I tore and I had a second de- degree tear that really, it didn't heal right. So it was really painful for me to have sex. And so it was like, really, it was the, it was the intervent. It was like the hitting the bottom for me. And I mean, and, and my daughter, like, I just, God, I love her to death, but she, I mean, she's a hunt. She is, she is a hundred percent, like some kind of spiritual guide for me. Like I, feel like I have awakened my own femininity in a way that I never was in touch with before, before having her. Yeah. And I've incorporated that all into my work and, and, you know, I've gotten connected to Mary Magdalene and her message through all that. And so, yeah, my spirituality really, really came online, especially after having my daughter. Yes. That resonates with me. And there is a saying, I can't remember where I heard it. I wish I could like tell you whose quote it was. It's not mine, but they say you birth your own healer. Mm, Oh, it's so powerful. And for me, very similar. Like I struggled with panic disorder and so much crippling anxiety to the point where I would like dissociate. Mm. And I had my son and it was like, he was the distraction I needed from myself and mm-hmm. the, like irrational thoughts and everything. Mm-hmm. Like I've hardly had an episode since I've been mm-hmm. parent. Yeah. Which is yeah. just, they're, I don't know. They're like medicine. They're, yes. Yes. 
I feel like she's kind of like pushed me into this, you know, I mean, and even with my relationship with my husband, it's like we, and I guess that's, I mean, I get why people get divorced, you know what I mean? Oh, Especially after gosh. having children, yeah. it's like, we, we, we had a choice. We could either like dive into our shadow work and do all the transformation there, or we could like be for, grow further apart and eventually get divorced. Yeah. And luckily, I hear you there, sister. This is like a whole nother podcast I want to do. I always tell everyone when they ask, or even if they don't, (laughs) I've posted about it on my Instagram that Mm -hmm. I really feel like the first year with any baby, it could be your first or your fourth. Mm -hmm. It is just Mm -hmm. such a new transformation. I call it the divorce words year because it's like the year you say, I want a freaking divorce, like more than any I know, that I know. first year mm-hmm. and then yeah sex mm-hmm. after a baby like mm-hmm. tricky mm-hmm. I had it a is. third degree tear with mm-hmm. wow. my first son and then a second with my second mm-hmm. so it's kind of funny you talk about that because I also mm-hmm. am not fully healed four years later mm-hmm. wow and it's yeah. something that no one really talks about yeah yeah like birth trauma and luckily like it hasn't really affected my sex life so much but I'm still in, like in pain at times. Mm-hmm. From it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I know. I mean, it, it literally was, I mean, I could, it was excruciating for me. And, mm-hmm. and, and when I would talk to medical professionals, they're like, oh, it'll, it'll heal. You know, I mean, they didn't really take me seriously yeah. until I, until I really started to dive more deeply into my, I, actually really what changed the game for me was getting pelvic floor work done. Oh. which I, I have a mentor in my life who was the one who suggested that for me. And I would, I didn't even know that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. And that was so powerful for me. I mean, especially being a victim of sexual trauma. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, my, I've always had painful sex or like painful pap smears. And, and I learned that my, because of my trauma, there's like this whole somatic thing that happens. And, 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 and that's probably why I tour. That's probably why I tour. Cause I can't fully, because I'm a victim of, of trauma. And this is probably true for a lot of women, even if they don't have trauma. Yeah. But it's like, we can't fully relax down there, mm-hmm. which is our feminine power. It's like when I can fully surrender into the moment and that's what needs to happen during childbirth. Like we need to fully relax and surrender into the moment so that those muscles can open. Mm-hmm. And when they don't, the baby like is forced through and, t- and they t- it tears, you know. Fascinating. That makes me want to like, very recently I had Reiki. Um, and if you don't know what Reiki is, it's like an energy healing, like laying of the hands. It's very woo woo, but I like highly recommend. I'm a big fan. And during the Reiki, I like heard in my head, like heal your birth trauma. And I kept wondering, like, I've been doing all this work around, like, you know, having also like daddy issues and having Mm -hmm. other issues come into play in my life that I feel like I've healed, you know? Um, But very recently I'm like, I need to heal my pregnancy trauma. I need to heal my birth trauma. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. fascinating that you say, you know, that being unable to open up in it, it's like, man, now I got it have something Mm -hmm. to meditate on for real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a total game changer for me. I mean, and even just like, uh, even like taking sex off the table, like even just getting comfortable with my vagina again, Mm -hmm. like I never embraced her in that way where I like, I mean, I mean, the vagina is really like any other body part. It's like when you have 
when you're stressed out, a lot of us hold stress on our shoulders. And it's like, if someone massages our shoulders, it feels good. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with our pelvic floor. It's like when we're stressed out, we hold tension in there and we don't, and if someone doesn't like release that tension, then it, it just stays there. You so know, how do you release, how do you release it? <laughs> I mean, like, I want to say the obvious answer, but maybe it's something different. <laughs> So for me, this is my experience and and granted, I'm not a medical professional, so please seek medical advice if this is something that you want to dive in more deeply into. But mine, my experience was definitely seeing the physical therapist. She's a physical therapist for pelvic floor and she goes into my vagina and like holds different muscles. And then I practice releasing, like lengthening and and totally letting go. And just like, kind of like you would get a regular massage but I also use a wand, (laughs) Yoni wand. And the kind that I like the best, they look like a big S Mm. and I like those because they can get more deeply into the pelvic floor muscles. Cause your pelvic floor is like tied to all different kinds of muscles, like your back and your hips and your legs. And so the, the S really helps to get in there, but I mean, you can use any kind of, you know, Yoni wand, um, you know, you can Google it and there's like tons of ones out there. I've always heard of it. And I just, honestly, to be very frank, I just thought it was like a glass dildo. (laughs) So I'm like, uh, okay. I mean, they look, yeah, I would try Mm -hmm. it, but you know, I've always, I've been like attracted to one. Like I want a glass dildo at some point, (laughs) but so yeah. All right. When using a dildo, the goal is an orgasm when Mm -hmm. using a Yoni wand, is it the same or is there some sort of practice with it? I, so I'm just going to share my personal opinion. I don't have anything against, I don't have anything against dildos at all. Um, I think that having a self-pleasure practice is vital for our own relationship with ourselves. And if, and if using a dildo is the way that you want to do that, then, (laughs) then great. The only thing that I don't like about dildos is that it can be sometimes overstimulating, which is, I agree with that. Yeah, which is okay. People. What do I need nine speeds for? There's no man that can move that fast. <laughs> right, right. And it's and there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with stimulation. Yeah, there's no shame. Yeah, exactly. No judgment at all. Um, but the thing that I do like about the about the Yoni wand is that it there is there is less stimulation. So it's more just about me and me. You know, it's it's yeah. the stimulation that I'm gonna be putting on myself. But yeah, some people use Yoni wands for pleasure, but I I'm or you can use it for as a as a you know, self-care practice, like what I'm talking about right now, or you yeah. can use it as like a spiritual practice with manifestation, which is the where sex magic comes into play. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many different things that you can use. You can, I mean, you can just use it for whatever you want, really, you know, yeah. whatever feels good to you. Yeah. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. I feel like there's so much to learn. And I'm wondering too, like if my back, I've been having lower back pain since mm-hmm. my second and I'm, you know, mm-hmm. when you're pregnant, your back kind of like hurts mm-hmm. like an S to like carry. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I still have so much lower back pain and I do need to do some pelvic floor exercises. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Yeah. My, mine was definitely about, I mean, mine was definitely contributing to some back pain for sure. Like I had, I mean, for sure. I, I, yeah, like some, especially my, my sciatic area or my, um, SI, SI joint, like right at the Mm -hmm. base. Um, and actually I'll just share this too. I had, um, they, they, oh gosh, I'm going to say the word wrong. I think it was a vagus nerve response. Oh yeah. Yep. You, I had never had one 
yeah, I never had one before until she was doing work on my coccyx, which is like that little, your little tailbone at the end of uh -huh. your spine. And, and, oh, oh, actually that was what had caused my tear because my coccyx, a lot of people have an injured coccyx. Like if you fall when you're, when you're little oh. and it goes too far forward, but she was working on my coccyx and I had a vagus nerve response in my, I, I literally felt like I was on drugs like someone wow. shot IV and you know into my <laughs> bloodstream I've never had one but um someone reached out to me and they said they couldn't do I forget what I posted about and they're like oh I can't do that because I have crazy vagal nerve responses to a lot of things like shots mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. um like massages or whatever and they like either pass out or like something wow. really wild happens which wow. I hear too like I don't know the more I, I learn about trauma and the more I learn about where we hold things in our bodies it's very fascinating mm -hmm. it is we and we do we hold every we hold everything in our bodies yeah. you know yeah so something i really want to like just dive really deeply into because like i said this is such a highly sought after episode women are really needing help um they've come to me privately friends have even asked me um you know why can't i orgasm and this is something that i care a lot about because I think like there's nothing more powerful than a well orgasmed woman. Like if I'm just being real, <laughs> so magnetic mm -hmm. when you are just full of like there's like you posted, mm -hmm. there's pleasure and power, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, power yeah. and pleasure. And I think they go hand in hand. And you know, if yeah, that's all I'm gonna say about that. But yeah. I, I, I'm wondering if mm -hmm. you have any experience or if you've dove into any research, like, is this something that's like a medical issue? Is it trauma? Like why can some women too, you know, pleasure themselves with say like a vibrator or a dildo, but when they get with a partner, mm -hmm. they're unable. Mm -hmm. Why does that happen? Yeah. I, 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 first of all, just want to say to anyone listening right now, in that position, I, I see you and I hear you and I've been there and I've come out on the other side. And I just want you to know that it is possible to have that type of intimacy with somebody. And it just takes, just takes some work. Um, but I'll just, I mean, I'll share my own experience. I, I, yeah, I struggled with orgasm. I never, I actually had never self-pleasured or masturbated at all, like until I actually went to treatment. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was actually one of my assignments in treatment. It was a phenomenal trauma treatment center that I went to. And I came out that I had never had an orgasm or I never even had touched myself before. And they yeah. were like, that is your assignment. And so they bought me my first vibrator. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And that was my beginning with it. And, you know, I think for me, like, I'll speak for myself because I've only been able to have an orgasm with a couple of guys in my, mm -hmm. in my whole adult life. And for me, it comes down to intimacy. Like if I, and, and this is, and this is one thing, one thing I wanted to talk about too, with like, with, it is so probably one of the most important things in sexuality with another person is to have some safety in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And for women, we're emotional beings and it comes, it starts with emotional safety and so if there isn't, if there isn't an emotional connection or emotional intimacy happening with the partner, it's going to be impossible mm -hmm. for me personally to have an orgasm with them. And for me, like to even open up sexually, I'm so sensitive sexually because of my trauma and just being a sensitive person. 
that that's why my husband and I didn't have sex for so long. Cause I didn't feel connected to him yeah. emotionally. And I didn't feel like it was a safe space to mm-hmm. be emotional or vulnerable with him. And so that's, I wasn't open to letting him into my body, you know? Mm-hmm. I hear you saying vulnerable mm-hmm. and I think that really stands out. I think, mm-hmm. you know, yes. Like I think if we were to put this into an equation, feeling safe, feeling emotionally secure and mm-hmm. feeling safe enough to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. seems to be something that yeah. really helped you. Yeah, absolutely. That is like key. That is key. Yeah. And then, you know, another piece to it is having that relationship with ourselves, like having mm. that pleasure relationship and that intimacy with ourselves. And I, that was really my, where my transformation happened with my sexuality after having a baby was I started doing like yoni healing work and I, yeah. and I did, you know, I looked at my vagina in the mirror and I said things to her that she needed to hear, like you were beautiful. Or I, there was one that I loved, which you are a portal for, for my marriage, for my pleasure. And I, that was really where my, and then I started practicing like you doing self-pleasure practices, using different tools, using different mm-hmm. oils, like different music, lighting candles, like let me like a spiritual experience with myself and to learn about what it is that I like, you know, I mean these, and then communicating that with your partner because they can't read minds. Like they don't, it's almost like we have to, it's, it's enough. That's, that's intimacy right there is communicating to them. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I totally agree. This might be TMI. Like if my sister-in-law is listening, I'm sorry, (laughs) but like I've been with my husband for, I think 13 years and I think the best part of our relationship is our sex life. Mm, like 100%, awesome. like from the very beginning, there was just something so like electric about it. And still to this day, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's just an area that we vibe. Mm-hmm. And I think too, you know, just the nature of like my personality, I just really embody this vulnerability that, hey, it's safe to be yourself with me you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. anything goes. And I think like in the beginning too, I always would say like, do what feels natural. Like I'm not going to judge you, Mm -hmm. you know? And often we would like, this is pre-baby, but also like after baby, we would like sit down at the table and we would talk about sex and we would be like, okay, like, Mm -hmm. what are you into this month? Like, or like, Mm -hmm. because it changes, right? Like sometimes Mm -hmm. like your erotic desires change and they shift. And sometimes you like think slow and sweet and whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. you just, you mm-hmm. want a little kink and you want to get weird. And I, think, <laughs> like, I think it's important that you, like you said, like you have someone that you feel safe to like express your desires, mm-hmm. how big or how small, like I think mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Um, because you won't be able to open up, especially like you said, as a woman, like this isn't really an issue that men have. Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating to dive into that because I think there's a long history of shame mm-hmm. Absolutely. and the female orgasm. Like this is something that has really been so new for us to talk about and be able to talk about, right? Like mm-hmm. we didn't really, ha- we weren't able to have speaking platforms, you know, even like what, a hundred years ago, like yeah, yeah, so much has yeah. evolved in a yeah. good amount of time. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think that's why I'm so called to Mary Magdalene and her message. Cause that's what I was born ra- raised is that Mary Magdalene was the follower of Jesus and she was a whore and he oh, forgave yeah. her, he forgave her and 
she forever devoted her life to him because he forgave her for her sins. And, and I, you know, I, I, she just, and I won't get into all that, but she, I started just being really drawn to her story and I started researching and I learned that all that shit was fucking not true and that she practiced sex magic and she was the wife of Jesus and they had a daughter (laughs) and, um, and that, and, and that she, yeah, I mean, really like a lot of her message that I've embodied into my life is that my sexuality is my power. Mm. It is my power. And, and that we, the world is ready now for us to talk about this. The world wasn't even ready 10 years ago or 20 oh, years for ago sure. for us to talk about this publicly. And this is how we women are going to heal is. And, and I just want to say too, like, just a side note, I am not perfect. Like I still carry shame. I still oh, yeah. am, am, you know, like I still, but it's like, this is how I heal is by coming on here and talking about it publicly and sharing my experience and then doing the work, you know, every day, really, because I mean, this is how we are going to heal as a collective is by coming totally. together and doing what we're doing right now. You mm-hmm. know, 100% agree. Like, it's not easy for me to even talk about. I'm like, I can feel like my tummy, like tightening and like yeah. my shoulders mm-hmm. are hunching forward <laughs> and I like want to hide behind the chair, but also like, I want to treat the people who are listening like good friends. And mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the people who are listening are good friends to me, if they were here right now, we were just hanging out. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't hide this stuff with my, my closest friends. And I yeah. don't really think I should hide this stuff with the world because this is real. Mm-hmm. you know, talking yeah. about sex, sex is some, yeah. a, a magical thing, but it also is something that, yeah, a lot of people have to heal from, mm-hmm. right? If they have traumas mm-hmm. and it's intricate. I don't mm-hmm. think, you know, it's much like breastfeeding. Like, you know, this, like breastfeeding mm-hmm. is something that's supposed to just be like, Oh, put the baby <laughs> on the boob and like they get the milk. It's like, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> a whole relationship. There's it like is. trial and yeah. error. Mm-hmm. There's like a rhythm and groove. You got to figure yeah. out like mm-hmm. yeah. so much. It's a dance. Yeah. And I think it is. Sex is like that. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't orgasm with every partner mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. plenty of them that I didn't. And also yeah. like I started, you know, uh, exploring with sex and sexuality very early. Like mm-hmm. I think around like 14 is when you know mm-hmm. officially had sex at like 15 and then from there I had like a good amount of partners before I met my husband at 17 mm-hmm. so that was mm-hmm. only like two years and mm-hmm. you know I, I feel like that was kind of a lot but mm-hmm. I think also too like the daddy issues come into play I think I was trying to find safety and security yeah. and that yeah. masculine energy that I was lacking looking mm-hmm. back like obviously it was daddy issues but mm-hmm. I also have had like I feel like I have a strangely high libido for a woman. I mm-hmm. feel like, and I, maybe that's like my masculine energy. I don't know, but like, yeah, I just, mm-hmm. I'm always in the mood. I feel like I, from an early age, like in my diary, I was writing about sex. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have a history of sexual trauma, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know why that is either. Like, why mm-hmm. is that? Why is sex something that I just really like? And then I have friends who are like, I could take it or leave it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm curious to know, like, did you, how was sex in your household growing up? Like, did your parents talk to you about sex? They was did. Sex they were very open. So yeah. my mom and I, she's like my absolute best friend. 
there was a very open dialogue about sex. I could come to her and tell her anything with no judgment. Mm-hmm. I would tell her, and she wasn't like necessarily condoning. She was that mom that was like, not like the mean girl's mom, but she really just wanted to know so she could keep tabs on me. She's like, look, I don't want secrets. Tell mm-hmm. me what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want you to have a baby in high school. Like I don't want you to get an STD. Mm-hmm. So tell me what's going on and we'll come up with a plan. And I remember mm-hmm. I was 15 years old and she said, I'm not taking you to Planned Parenthood, but if you want to get on birth control so you don't have kids, like here's where the location is. Like I mm-hmm. can't fully support it mm-hmm. because that's not like what moms do. But if I know you're thinking about it and you want to do it, like here's so I can keep you safe. Mm-hmm. And I would tell her like, Hey, like kind of want to have sex with this guy. And like, mm-hmm. I think that's really taboo for mm-hmm. a mother daughter relationship, mm-hmm. but I think it really helped. And my parents too, like, you know, they have been very open about their sex life and they'd say like, okay, we're having date night. You guys got to get out of the house. <laughs> you guys gotta go do something. <laughs> so maybe it's that like, yeah, yeah maybe you're helping me reflect. Yeah. Like, maybe it's just that open dialogue. I've just always kind of Mm-hmm. sex is like a very normal mm-hmm. thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I want to validate you on that because that is, that is rare that I've never heard any, and I've worked with a lot of people with trauma. I mean, granted I've worked mostly with people with trauma, but like, I've never heard of anybody who's ra- been raised in that kind of environment. And, yeah. that, and I don't want to say like my parents are like freaks or anything. Like they're not like, you know, <laughs> yeah. walking around the house naked, like, <laughs> you know, shaking their ass and titties. <laughs> my mom was young. I think that's part mm-hmm. of it too. Like my mom started having us at 18. She mm-hmm. had me at 21. Mm-hmm. So by the time we were a teenager, she was still in her thirties. Mm-hmm. She was, mm-hmm. you know, a young cookie. And I think, you know, like she was petite and she could like fit in our clothes. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I think she just could relate with us because of the closer age gap too. So I don't know, but it was never like a weird, I don't feel traumatized actually just, yeah. Like talking it out right now. I think that is part of it. And I think mm-hmm. maybe for parents listening, maybe mm-hmm. this is a good message to like, yeah, maybe it's mm-hmm. okay to talk about it. Yeah. I think that's extremely healthy and, and like it shows with you. I mean, that like, if, I mean, if you compare your story to my story, like my parents were the opposite. I mean, I've, I've seen them peck when he got, when my dad got home from work, you know, I mean, they never, never anything. My mom even had an affair and my dad, like it was, there was, I'm sure there was no intimacy in their relationship. Mm -hmm. There was no intimacy. So my mom looked elsewhere for it, you know? And yeah. that was the example that I had. So of course I shamed my sexuality or like I shut it down. You know what I mean? Mm. Because that's what my parents did. You know, this is fascinating. See, I didn't think this was going to come through, but wow, this is important, <laughs> man. Like it is yeah. people that are listening. Like I think a really good reflector for those that maybe can't orgasm, maybe don't feel safe, even talking about sex, saying the word, like go in the mirror and just say sex like 10 mm-hmm. times, you know, I, mm-hmm look at the relationship you had with your parents. Could you talk to them about it? Mm -hmm. How did they view Mm -hmm. sex? Like if they heard the word, you know, were they just like, excuse me? Or like, what was it? (laughs) Yeah. Like what was the dialogue? I think that Mm -hmm. actually Mm -hmm. makes so much sense. It does. It does. Yeah. I mean, cause that's your imprint, you know what I mean? As mm-hmm. children, we're so impressionable and we're just sponges. And so even if it's something that's not said, we're still absorbing, we're still absorbing that in whatever environment we were raised in. Yeah. And yeah, I just want to piggyback off what you just said right now that like, 
if people are identifying with this, or if you are noticing that you have any kind of shame around what we're talking about or anything we have talked about, that, that leaning into that is where the transformation is going to happen and where you're going to change your future family generations by not having that kind of shame. And, 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 and for me, like, like lean, like leaning into my shame really just looked, it, it all started with me. It all started, even if you're not comfortable talking about it with somebody else yet, maybe just like re- Google some sexual health stuff or like find a book or, you know, maybe just start looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I'm sexy. Or like, mm-hmm. I, I honor my sexuality. My sexuality is good. It is good. It is not, there's nothing wrong with my sexuality. Mm-hmm. Very recently, and I'm kind of going off of this too, like very recently, I have, I like started really touching myself like I love myself. Like even when I put lotion on my body, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm not just talking like masturbation. I'm talking like when I get out of the shower, the way that I put lotion on, I'm just like, and I tell myself, I'm like, I love you. Thank you. You know, like, no, I don't have the, mm-hmm. like the perfect body. My tummy mm-hmm. is still mm-hmm. not okay from birth. You know, like it, it is okay. I'm going to rewind. Mm-hmm. My tummy is okay, but it is not what it was before I had mm-hmm. children. It's different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I think a good practice is putting lotion on and like rubbing it on your body and telling yourself you're sexy. Like I think that's maybe a good place to start instead of just like diving in with a yoni one. I think a lot of women, a lot of people, even my friends, like do not even own a vibrator, do not even own anything like that. I think there's shame mm-hmm. with sex toys too. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know? Totally. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I actually, with my clients, I always give them like a little self-care package and I start, and I exactly what you're saying. Like I start them out with like bath crystals. Like that is a form of self-pleasure is taking bath. It, yeah. It, 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 like, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like not even having to do any kind of like masturbation or anything with my vagina, but like getting naked and just having a pleasurable experience in water with like nice smells or lighting some candles, reading a book, you know, I mean, just any, there's so many forms of self-pleasure that isn't about my vagina or sex. Like it can be dancing or like wearing something that makes me feel pretty or what, you know, whatever, whatever. Breast massage is something that I've recently been looking into. I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. done like breast massage, but yes. I haven't dove too deeply into it, but my mentor is really, she talks a lot about breast massage and, and yeah, that is, I mean, I, that is one thing. My, my breasts are probably, that is one thing I'm really trying to give some love to because you know, I, they, my breasts are different since having a kid and breastfeeding. Oh, I hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I do that. Usually like one one thing I've been doing lately is when I'm meditating, like I'll take my hands and rub Mm -hmm. them together so they create some heat and I'll just Mm -hmm. put them on my breasts and just send love. love. Yeah, exactly. Especially as a a mother and you know, if you've breastfed even for like 20 seconds, showing your boobs, mm-hmm. you know, showing mm-hmm. your breasts that love and mm-hmm. gratitude for yeah. all of the work that they've done to nourish your children. Exactly. Um, and I think that's something too, that like, you know, on the subject of breastfeeding and sex, like, I think, especially for mothers, there's this distinction, like right mm-hmm. after you have children, you are a mother and you're seen as like a mother and it's Mm -hmm. really hard to connect sexually. I know for me, like 
my breasts when I was breastfeeding, like they were not for sex. Like, Mm -hmm. and they were just so milky Mm -hmm. and full and gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the Mm -hmm. husbands are like, Oh yay. And I (laughs) no, like I couldn't connect with them Mm -hmm. sexually at that Mm -hmm. point. I just was not sexualizing my breasts, but I feel like now that I'm not breastfeeding, I can connect with my full body. It's like mine again, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And you know, I, I can so identify with that. And, and, you know, I, I, for, for me, like having shame with my body, it's like my, in my past experience, every time I have been able to utilize my body for good, it, it has always given me such a greater connection with my body, like becoming a massage therapist and being able to use my body to heal people. And I was a wilderness guide for a while. And I literally use my body to like travel through the woods, you know, and like make shit like fire and, you know, <laughs> so it's like, I, I was able to connect and like, just, yeah, it's like, and, and which, which a hundred percent relates to my sexuality because it's like when I'm, when I'm in my body and I can, can connect to my body, that's when I can let that energy come through and that presence mm-hmm. come through. Yeah. And that, like you said earlier, connecting with yourself, showing yourself pleasure is another way to also have pleasure with someone else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree fully. Like, yeah. I don't think you can expect to have a wonderful intimacy connection, like an intimate connection or orgasm with someone. If you aren't able to fully figure out what you as mm-hmm. your individual self enjoys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of, go ahead. I was just going to say, and being connected to our bodies, you know, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of us live just checked out, you know, it's, it's, Mm. if I, I mean, that's one thing I love about yoga and meditation. It's like, I drop into my body just like that or dancing. I love to dance or, or be just, or, you know, movement, like going Mm -hmm. outside and taking, it's like, those are all things that help me just stay in my body. Yeah. I love that staying in your body. I was just reflecting too. like, I think a lot of women who are like now in their thirties, I don't know. I'm not sure what the average age is when people start to have sex, but I would say from teens to early twenties, people start to have sex. And I think too, you know, it might even be traumatizing the first few sexual experiences because in our society, it was always like men, you know, it's like, this is a thing for men, like lay on your back and give freely to them. And what you said about dropping into your body, I think there's so many experiences where young women in their very first sexual experiences were not fully in their bodies Mm -hmm. or in college, Mm -hmm. in like the drinking scene, the partying scene, were not fully in their bodies. And maybe they are holding on to some strange traumas from Mm -hmm. those experiences. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's one thing, I mean, I mean, I, in working through that with a partner is, is I think for me where a lot of the healing has come in and that's, and you know, I, the first time I had sex sober (laughs) because in addiction, I was like, I was Mm -hmm. working at a strip club for a while. I mean, I, my body did not belong to me. It belonged to anyone who could give me something to like help me get by, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I got sober and I was like in my body again, thank God I found a a guy who was so patient with me. And and my husband is like this. Those are still to this day, the only two guys I've been able to have an orgasm with because they are so patient and kind and loving. It makes me want to cry. Cause like my husband, my husband, even today, like he just, 
adores my body, you know, like he, yeah. I he mean, doesn't you are care. so beautiful. I mean, I'm only <laughs> looking at a face up. So, but your energy, like, yes. Thank so. you. I appreciate that. Yeah. But I, you know, I think that that's really important is, mm-hmm. is if it to heal those wounds from when I was taken advantage of and manipulated and used for so long. Was, oh my gosh. I think so many women who are listening right now have felt, it's almost like yeah. uh, me girls, raise your hand. If you have ever felt used, Yes, everybody exactly. raises their hand. Yes. hundred percent. Like, even the type of guys I've been with are like the very kind, sensitive type, because I would always go for the type that was completely opposite of my dad. Who's like, you know, mm-hmm. buff with muscles, tattoos, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just toxic masculinity.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but yeah. really, so I wasn't attracted to that. So I would go the complete opposite. I wanted the bookworm. I wanted the nerdy guy who like, you know, was introverted and played guitar or like whatever. Like mm-hmm. I had my certain type that made me feel safe. And I think that was a subconscious mm-hmm. thing too. But also mm-hmm. like, even though I went for these really kind, gentle guys, mm-hmm. I think you still feel used because they haven't really dropped down into their bodies, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like mm-hmm. that, like saying like, oh, they just like totally penis. It's like true. And they aren't yeah. really able to at the, the earlier ages to be really intimate. And I think mm-hmm. that can really mm-hmm. kind of damage a woman yeah. having these experiences and not feeling pleasure. And it's just kind of all being about the guy because mm-hmm. he's, you know, oblivious mm-hmm. about totally. what pleasure really is because all he's learned is get in, get out, have fun. And like, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And you know, if you, I mean, from a psychological, that's called a drama triangle and drama triangle, there's always a perpetrator, a victim and a rescuer. And so when that's happening, it's like when I'm in that, dy- when I was in that dynamic, in my addiction, it's because I was vulnerable and I, and I was attracted to the perpetrators who victimized me over and over. And, and I got so comfortable in that role being the victim. I mean, I remember, I remember getting into recovery and I was like, I don't know how to not be a victim and mm-hmm. especially sexually. Like, I don't know how to be me. <laughs> and, you know, it's, and I had to see that I was that I was playing a part in that role. Not that it was my fault or not that it was their fault, but that I was playing a part by being stuck in that victim role with these, mm-hmm. with these guys. And, and, and then when I was able to shift out of that, it's like now, you know, with my, with my husband, like if I'm feeling like I'm being used or if I'm feeling like he has an ulterior motive with me, I shut it. I, I need to communicate that. And oh, I need yeah. to say like, I don't feel comfortable right now, or I'm feeling pressured or whatever. And that's probably a big reason why we didn't have sex for so long. Cause I needed proof in a way that he wasn't just trying to have sex with me. Yeah. You know? I think so many mothers can identify. And I want to go back to something you said earlier on, because I literally just had this conversation with a friend yesterday when we were talking about sex and she's also married. And we were talking about resentment and sex and how for me and for her and what I'm hearing you say, and for probably most women listening, sex is a very emotional experience Mm -hmm. for us. Totally. And it's really hard for us to open up and to like literally with our vaginas, with our hearts to really open up to someone if we feel threatened. Mm -hmm. And I think the first year after having a baby, you know, um, 
I had a really hard time kissing my husband. I didn't mm-hmm. want to kiss, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I would have sex. And like, for me, I always feel like I have sex because I never regret having an orgasm. It's like working out. Like I mm-hmm. work out. I never regret that workout. When I have sex, I never regret it because mm-hmm. for us, it's, we both are in it to win it we for pleasure for both of us, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's never been like a one-sided thing. So mm-hmm. it's always really nice. Um, but the kissing part and some other pieces of intimacy were missing. And literally I just uncovered this yesterday and I was like, I, th- I think I got that way because of these subconscious resentments with like parenting and him being on the road and me being on my own and just like some resentments mm-hmm. were building up that my body viewed that resentment and things about him as a threat. Mm-hmm. And I, like, mm-hmm. not that he was... Yeah. Not that it was like abusive or anything like that. It just like I my body knew it was a threat and I was feeling mm-hmm. that resentment as a, mm-hmm. a physical threat in my body and I wasn't mm-hmm. able to open up and kiss. Mm-hmm. So since he's been home, he's an airline pilot, he's been home, we've been connecting, we have tea every night together, we laugh, we joke, we're really emotionally sound. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, when the kids aren't looking, we sneak around in a little like hallway and we just like make out. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that had to come through like we have ebbed and flowed with the kissing part mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think it's so silly like to just say like yeah like I had a hard time kissing mm-hmm. but like for mm-hmm. me it's such an emotional thing to do too mm-hmm. you know yeah. so I think that's why I was hearing you say it's like yes that resentment can really close a woman up totally totally yeah it's almost like it's it it it, and I I say this word lightly I don't mean that you're having trauma in your relationship but it is a form of a trauma response it's like in our bodies it's 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 like if I don't feel safe or if I'm not getting my needs met or you know at at, at the treatment center I went to they call it little t trauma like if there's anything that 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 causes a stress response or yeah yeah or even that we are not perfect i'm not going to stand here and say like just because we have a great sex life we have a perfect marriage i will never say that Mm -hmm. we do not have a perfect marriage Mm -hmm. we have a very a very flawed and i'd say somewhat normal relationship and yeah there has been some name calling there has been some you know blow up arguments even very Mm -hmm. recently and then i Mm -hmm. find myself too and i'm like you went from being like a 10 in physical attractiveness. And now that we are finding, like, I just, you know, it's so funny how like, your yeah. brain picks up on those things. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. when we are emotionally sound together, mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. like, oh, this, this guy is so freaking hot. Like, oh my gosh, look at this. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> but when yeah. when yeah. you're in a funk, Mm-hmm. Everything else kind of follows that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And the reason, I mean, it can be so simple. I mean, yeah, like for, I, it can be as simple as like, he didn't help me with cleaning up the kitchen last oh, night or bit, for sure. like, yeah, it's, and it, and it's cause it's, it is, a, it is a, it's a stress response on our bodies and, and our brains are wired to keep us safe. And so if there's anything that's coming at us as, I mean, threat is a perfect word for it as a threat or any kind of like stress response, then it, then our brains go into that protection mode, which is that fight, flight, or freeze response. And when that happens, it's either I'm out of here or I'm shutting down or I'm going to fight you or, or I'm just going to freeze and pretend like nothing is happening. And I'm just going to go on with emotions. Mm. And I'm also just like getting to like vulnerability can sometimes feel like a threat. 
right? Yes. When you're totally. with the partner you've been with and you're like, oh my gosh, I can have these beautiful orgasms and episodes of self-pleasure, but I'm not able to put down the walls with my partner. Why is that? Yes. And yes. I think to some, maybe vulnerability feels like a threat. It feels scary yes. to let those walls down yes. because if you do, or like, I don't know, I feel like maybe they're like, oh, well, if I have an orgasm and I make a noise, is it embarrassing? Or if I, mm -hmm. you know, move a certain way and I really feel into my pleasure, will that embarrass me or what will this person think? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think for yeah. a lot of people, vulnerability can feel like a threat too. For sure. It's a risk. It's a big risk. Because but I think it's when worth it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is my rule of thumb is that if I want to experience intimacy with somebody, I get to number one, be discerning about who I'm being intimate, who I'm being vulnerable with, um, whether that's like someone who, who I do see as a safe person or not. And if I do see them as, as capable of being a safe person, or if I really want to experience that safety with somebody, then I do take that risk. And mm -hmm. if I take that risk and I get hurt, over and over and over again, then I could, that's information for me. Like maybe this relationship needs some outside help or something, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you know, and, and so that's, I mean, yeah, it does. It does. I, I know that for me, when Nick and I weren't having sex for the multiple years, I didn't share anything with him. I didn't tell him how I was feeling. I didn't tell him what was going on in my life. And he caught, he, he called me out on it. He said, Amber, you just made friends with somebody like within three weeks and he overheard a conversation I was having with her. He was like, you just told her so many things that are going on with you and you don't tell me anything. And I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. He's right. And so I, I started talking to him and I started telling him and now, now it's just, it, it, and once I started getting over that hoop, like, or that, whatever that yeah. line, it was, it was hard. It was really hard to like tell him things. But mm -hmm. once I started, it is so much easier now, you know, now that I'm in that rhythm with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to touch on one thing just in this realm, because I think we're talking a lot about like our partners and like having a partner, but what about the woman who, you know, is listening and her ears perked up when she was like, yes, like I have been out of my body. I've been with these past partners and I'm still single. Like mm -hmm. how can this person experience sex magic? How can mm -hmm. we talk to the mm -hmm. woman who, is listening, but doesn't have a partner yet or, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I want to say to that, to that woman listening right now that, that it all starts with us and it all starts with my relationship with myself and that whatever dynamic I'm having with myself and that, and it really is like a, on a daily basis that I'm going to be attracting the right people into my life. And it, I mean, it's really about embodiment. You know, it's like what my, my, my suggestion to you would be, what, what is your vision? Like, what is it that you want for your life? And how can you start incorporating that into your daily practice? Like what brings, and really at the end of the day, like what brings you joy? You know, is it like a hobby or is it, you know, it's it when, when we're, when we're in that energy, which is sexual and it's like, you know, the sexual energy is joy and love. It's all connected. When we're in that, it's, that is what magnetizes the people into our lives, whether it's a client or a relationship or friends or whoever, you know? So that's what, that would be my suggestion to, to you is, is what, 
what brings you joy and how can you start to practice that in your life and how can you build your relationship with yourself mm-hmm. in a deep and intimate way? You know, what's your, what's your edge that you can lean into? Mm-hmm. Totally. And then just listening to this and then understanding and maybe having some aha moments like with trauma, with dropping in and out of your body at times, maybe this is something that they can journal about and, mm-hmm. you know, take into a therapy session and really unpack Mm-hmm. you know um absolutely i am i am all for investing in myself i mean i'll probably always have some kind of mentor coach therapist all the above i mean i i do a lot of body work i <laughs> i i am such an advocate for that because for me that's that is where all of my my change has come from is when i do the work on all the levels emotional physical mental yeah. you know all the levels so mm-hmm. yeah Let's talk about sex magic for those who are like, okay, what is sex magic? Like, is it, I have yeah. sex with a wand or what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good question. Yeah. I, I, um, I know, I know two forms of sex magic. One is more of like the witchy side. And I, I do this, I do this whenever I have something that I'm calling into my life or some new project or something along those lines. And it's essentially a form of manifestation. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's creating that, that energy. That's that, what I was just talking about, like the love, the joy, the magnetism and, and incorporating whatever it is that I'm calling into my life. So whether it's like some kind of new offering that I created for my business or some relationship or a move, whatever it is, it's usually what I'll do is tap into my sexual energy while visualizing this thing happening in my life or me engaging in that thing. Mm-hmm. And that can look like whatever you want it to look like. You can, it can be through dance. It could be through masturbation. It can be through like what you were saying, like taking oil and rubbing it on my body, taking a bath. Like I like to keep it really just because I'm such a spiritual person. I like to connect it with my guide. So I'll like mm-hmm. have some prayer around it. I'll light some candles you know, burn some, burn some sage. Like I like to have it be a spiritual experience and, and connect with, with my guides around it. Um, the other form of sex magic that I know of, which I learned through the book that I fin- just finished reading called the Magdalene Manuscript, which is such a potent book. It is a lot of information I will say, but it's more about the Kundalini form of sex magic, which mm-hmm. it's a little bit more advanced. I, ha- I personally am not practicing it right now. And yeah. I'll, I'll say why in a second, because, and, and what the Magdalene manuscript, it's, it's a trans image that was channeled from Mary Magdalene through this couple. And she talks about how she did sex magic with Jesus. And that's why he was able to do all of the things that he did. Hmm. But so it pretty much means that like you, it's essentially raising your energy up through your chakras and like into your brain, which, which strengthens your spirit body is essentially what it is in a short sentence. But what I feel called to say about that is that she really hones in on that, on being able to have a secure relationship with someone before you engage in that kind of sex magic. And, mm-hmm. and, the, and the way that she says to do that is to feel appreciated which is the, like the female feeling appreciated and for that safety to be there. Mm-hmm. And then if those two pieces aren't there, then there's no way to do this kind of magic. But if those things do exist in the relationship, 
then the way that it happens is is you when you have sex and after there's an orgasm then you you don't get up you actually stay with each other and then the female visualizes the energy raising in her and and her partner Mm. and you can do that with yourself too but yeah I was just going to say you know um for people who don't have a partner that yeah Mm -hmm. sure you you can can. do that with yourself yeah and it's and it's and the and the purpose of it is because when after we've had orgasm it's like the energy is just so it's 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 pungent you know it's vibrating yeah (laughs) Yeah, and so if we sit with that and we and we let it like literally I mean the way I like to use it is I like to just feel mm-hmm. feel the receive the love this is what i do i literally feel myself receiving love for myself oh and, i love that or through my guides or whatever it is like i just i literally feel it penetrate because you can you can feel it in your whole body oh, you know what yeah, i mean like <laughs> so yeah. i fe- i literally feel like love penetrating my entire like body that. that would be yeah. a nice mantra to say like towards climax you know mm-hmm yeah. Um, yeah. Which is something, yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. Like the art of the climax and how you can really mm-hmm. customize it, you know, mm-hmm. totally to yeah. do what you need. I've definitely done, um, like, I guess my own version of sex magic with like myself mm-hmm. and then with my partner, like sometimes, you know, towards the end, visualizing like something that I want, like a new car, like, or something mm-hmm. that, not, not that we want, like that we need or like whatever, mm-hmm. like, Mm-hmm. I feel like so powerful in my feminine being that I am calling these things into my life mm-hmm. when I am mm-hmm. receiving this great amount of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Totally. And very recently with my partner, I like had to Google this, but I climaxed. Like we mm-hmm. were doing mm-hmm. breath work together, like a tantra. Um, mm-hmm. And like, it was very, like, it was just, we were in sync with our, Mm -hmm. with our breath. And we weren't really meaning to, but it was just this like beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. afterwards I was just smiling and tears just like came out of my eyes. And I was like, Whoa, like what Mm -hmm. just happened? Mm -hmm. And it just felt Mm -hmm. so spiritual. And I feel Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like when you can allow yourself to receive those moments, you really Mm -hmm. open yourself up to just these beautiful possibilities. Yes, absolutely. That's what it's all about right there. Yeah. And that is so beautiful. Yeah. And I just want to, I just want to say for everyone listening right now, like you are worthy of that. And, and, and if at the end of the day, like we are all worthy of receiving pleasure and, or whatever it is that you want, you are worthy of that. And it, it is our birthright. Like that is really why we came here on this earth in, in these like human bodies is to experience this joy, you know? Mm-hmm. Lastly, I, I do want to wrap up. I want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about like what rose medicine is, because I feel like this is mm-hmm. popping up a lot in the mm-hmm. spiritual realm. And I want to know, I want to touch mm-hmm. a little bit on what is rose medicine and how mm-hmm. should we incorporate it in our lives to heal? I mean, I use rose water every day on my face, so I don't know if I'm like doing it already or like tell me about yes, it. Yes, you are doing it already. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I was called to rose medicine when I w- went through my spiritual awakening after having my daughter and reconnecting with my sexuality, my femininity. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, I mean, really at the end of the day, like in a simple format, when people buy somebody, well, I'll say this too, a rose plant is the most high vibrational plant that exists on the world. And it's also one of the oldest known plants. So it just is, it's potent already. 
and that's why it's like it's expensive it's not like a you know cheaper yeah, flower i have rose oil too and sometimes i feel called to put it on my wrist before bed and i do a rose water mm-hmm. spritz on my face every day mm-hmm. but yeah it's mm-hmm. expensive yeah because it's so it's so potent you know um but so and 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 you know if you buy roses for somebody they they kind of tend to mean something different so like red roses are usually about like a romantic thing or like yellow roses i think are for sympathy so they kind of have their own little like meaning or influence mm-hmm. and for me i feel really connected to the red rose um energy and so i use it i use it in my sexuality and 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 that's because you know, the red rose is romantic. It does have the sensual vibe. Oh, totally. Like the yeah. Valentine's Day romantic exactly. kind of dreaminess. Yeah, yes, exactly. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I have, um, you know, rose infused uh, oils that I use. I do the same thing. I use it on my face. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, there's so many healing properties that I won't get into, but the thing, the reason why I think it's becoming a thing lately is because mm-hmm. the rose so much identifies with the divine feminine and the feminine is rising. I mean, you can see it everywhere. Like women are stepping into their power and that is why even in the white house, like, yes, exactly. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And just like how, you know, different, like different things embody different types of energy, the rose embodies the feminine energy. And that is why yeah, that is why it's rising right now. So maybe and it's that's like a little takeaway too for someone like totally. connect with the rose. If you want to connect with your feminine energy, exactly. sexual mm-hmm. energy, mm-hmm. I would beg to say is, you know, mostly feminine energy. Well, at least in our bodies. Um, but yeah, I think that's it's a, really, it's a tool. It's a great tool to use. Mm-hmm. I think that that you're, you're exactly right. It's a perfect tool to use to connect with ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add? I know we both have our children to tend to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think so. This has been such a potent episode. I'm so yeah. glad we did this. And thank yeah, you for I think this me is, on. Yeah, I think this is going to be so healing for so many women who are just mm-hmm. searching for answers mm-hmm. and, you yeah. know, want to feel seen with mm-hmm. this. Absolutely. I agree. Shame, so. I agree. Thank you so yes. much, Amber. How can people thank find you? connect with you um well instagram is kind of my main jam right now um it's amber rose magdalena is my handle and i also have a website which is amberrosemagdalena.com and yeah that'll probably be the best ways to find me so thank you awesome yeah thanks so much i'll be in touch soon okay sounds good (laughs) bye Thank you for showing up today. I appreciate you being here in this space with me. If you are into this episode or you really dig the podcast, I would be so grateful for your five-star review on here, as well as sharing this episode or podcast with your crew. If it resonates at all, that would mean the world to me. Also, here is an invitation to hang out with me on Instagram at Brittany Vicinski. You can chat with me here anytime. I would love to connect with you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here. Until next time.